Wait, the thing isn't working? What's up, guys? Welcome to The WAN Show. We've got a fantastic show lined up for you today. <laughs> Gonna be a lot of fun, a lot of great topics, a lot of new Apple devices. Uh, of course, one of the biggest ones in this announcement was the new iPad mini. So we'll be chatting about that. I actually missed the announcement stream. I was making a video about something else. So we're going to we're going to go through it together with you guys. What else we got to talk about? Oh, good thing I didn't buy a Samsung the wall. I mean, you know, budget aside, still having that money to invest in, you know, framework or something that that's good, too. But also, LG now has a competitor to the wall that looks pretty freaking cool. And is actually marketed for home cinema instead of like... Uh, no, Samsung, Samsung has their luxury, the wall consumer edition as well. What else we got, okay. Luke? Okay, okay, okay. Uh, tons of stuff. Trust me, don't worry. Everything's totally... There's, there's lots of things uh, in the dock. Um, Did you get signed space... out? <laughs> No, I didn't. There's just really not a lot here. Um, SpaceX's Inspiration4 put civilians in space. Hooray! Yeah, they did it. Um, Google's Pixel 6 Tensor Chip CPU layout details leak. Hopefully it results in a phone that isn't completely buggy and horrible on launch. That would be a nice change for modern Pixels. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. All right, let's roll that intro. <laughs> Did you even mention your headphones? No. Chat is very focused on your headphones. Oh, which chat is focused on my headphones? Floatplane? I don't see it too much in Floatplane right now. So let's first jump into our first topic. Apple's annual September harvest. Source one for this topic was <clears throat> every tech outlet on Earth. And this is going to be a really interesting WAN show run-through because our notes on this topic were prepared by the one and only, my God, Hob. It is like hurricaning outside. Guys, oh, yeah. if the show goes away, you will know that my power went out. So, yeah, we're going to see how that goes. Um, it's, it's battering the sliding glass doors to my right. I'm actually like stoked it's not coming through the mic. <laughs> I'm just stoked I'm not in Prince Rupert right now. All right. So our notes for the Apple annual September event were prepared by the one and only Jonathan Horst, our writer yeah. and host for Mac Address, yes. which is our our Apple centric channel. So Luke and I are going to be giving you our take on notes provided by our resident Apple shill. So to be clear, to be clear, Horst is a journalist at heart. He's not a shill by any stretch of the imagination, but he's definitely, let's put it this way, more immersed in the ecosystem. Tuesday's yeah. Apple event titled California Streaming for no obvious reason. Yeah, <laughs> that was weird, wasn't it? Just like, okay, we're just going to take a, a, a song title and like make it a pun and it will have nothing to do with streaming at all. Like I saw that and I expected a whole bunch of like I expected it to be really Apple TV focused or something. And they did talk about some some new shows and new workouts and you can work out with others and share play and, and all of that. But this was a hardware focused event. This was hardware first and hard. Um with the biggest one being the new A15 chip, which is yeah. the heart of all the fancy new iDevices. It features a six-core design, 
two high performance cores, four efficiency cores, rated it up to 3.23 gigahertz on the iPhone 13 Pro. And in the event, Apple compared the CPU to <clears throat> the competition, which is a little unusual for them. They said it is 50% not, not faster than the competition instead of doing what they normally do, which is compare against the last gen iPhone because Apple, for the most part, lives in a bubble where nothing else exists. You either have an iPhone or you are some kind of caveman. Geekbench results have trickled out. On the iPhone 13 Pro, the A15 gets around 1728 single core, 4695 multi-core, and what it appears is that Apple's CPU improvements have slowed down. And I mean, we, I'm sure, man, I can't think of exactly when I said this. I'm sure I said it at some point, but the mobile space has kind of been like, exactly like the PC space, but kind of like in the way that a, a flea is sort of like a, you know, like a larger mammal, like they have a very similar life cycle, but, but the flea just does everything so much faster. So mobile went oh, from yeah, yeah, yeah. from sort of, you know, just starting out and everything was super crappy to, wow, we're getting these monstrous improvements, monstrous, monstrous, monstrous improvements to, okay, now we're hitting a wall and it's actually really hard to squeeze more performance out of these things. And it happened on this, this accelerated scale. And the reality of it is that Apple is still designing outstanding CPUs and SOCs. So the CPU and would be a part of the SOC. It's just that physics, physics is a bitch. What are you going to do about it? You can't keep just you do, making it less nanometers. It's not that simple. Oh, sorry, Luke. There's also like the, the vast majority of applications that consumers use it for are satisfied. That's another thing that happened with PCs as well. Yeah. Um, like as much as gamers want faster computers, as much as scientists and and industry want faster computers the average consumer doesn't really need it too much um and the the average consumer can do most of the things that they really need to do on their phone other than potentially play faster games again so there's a market for it but like I mean, it's hit it's hit the satisfactory level for standard applications for consumers our biggest problem with mobile gaming though isn't even the performance it's actually managing to freaking maintain it i mean on a modern device and to be clear, Apple does a better job of this than most of their Android competitors. On a modern device, you actually could easily run it at native resolution or at least what it needs to be. I mean, 1080p on a screen like this freaking size is lots. It's lots. So you'd be able to run it at native res high refresh rate. All you have to do is keep the bloody thing from throttling. Um, the integrated GPU has four to five cores and we get six gigs of RAM on the iPhone 13 Pro series and the rest get four gigs. I believe they finally did away with the 64 gig iPhone this time around. We talked about that on TechLinked. And in other big news for the iPhone specifically, uh, ProRes is now supported on the iPhone 13 Pro. That is pretty freaking sick. Like if you are into recording mobile video, there is absolutely no other choice at this point. If you record video on your phone, like now that Apple supports ProRes, giving you the flexibility to grade your footage in post and really retain more of that data, 
I mean, the proof is going to be in the pudding. We have not been hands-on with it yet, but this is, in my opinion, um, the biggest part of this announcement. I mean, they didn't really do anything else that blows me away. They, they upgraded the camera module here and there. They they added a one terabyte model, which whew, gets you up to $1,600 on a Pro Max. Brighter screen, 1200 nits peak brightness on the iPhone 13 Pro. But being able to record ProRes as a creative, man, their video was already amazing. This just takes it one more step above. It should yeah. be noted, though, this is interesting. The 128-gig version cannot record in ProRes at 4K 30fps. It is capped at 1080p. So, Luke... You're Apple, right? You're sitting in the boardroom. Walk me through this. Your options are, okay, you've got this great feature, but your phone just doesn't have enough storage to actually utilize it, okay? You've got options, though. You can either cripple the feature for your entry-level users, who, by the way, not that entry-level. Um, they, they are still buying your pro phone. They are still buying your top top series of phone eight hundred dollars okay yeah. so you yeah. can you can kneecap this 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 feature or yeah, or hear yeah. me out hear me out okay. okay you could put expandable storage on your bloody phone nah because i mean tim sweeney probably would like that so let's tim let's sweeney tim sweeney this has nothing to do with the apple versus epic lawsuit <laughs> but he'd, he'd probably think that's cool so we got to make sure we stay away from that um let's 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 hamstring that that low version let's make people buy the expensive one this this is good this makes sense people okay are Luke, like thank this. you for, because thank this you will create a differentiation for people because they'll be able to go like oh yeah you have an iphone can you record in ProRes? no Ugh. all Ugh. right all right like, they should make it so that when you message someone on iMessage, if you have ProRes capability on your phone, you get a different colored chat bubble. Oh my God. You know what? Whoa. I'm amazed Apple hasn't done that yet. If a you have new, the newest phone, you a get new, a cool, yeah. A new color of chat. Well, I mean, it's not like they haven't added features to chat that are enabled only on upper tier phones yeah. or brand new phones, like Animojis, yeah. for example. Does anyone, yeah. does anyone use those? Are those like kind of dead meme at this point or are they super cool? Uh, guys, you're going to have to let me know in the chat. I don't, um, <laughs> I don't text <laughs> no any idea. children, so I don't, I don't know what the new meta is for, for iMessage. I just, I have no idea. Uh, I would love to know. I genuinely want to know. Are Animojis cool? Were they ever cool? I, I, I have no idea. Um, so it's not like they haven't pulled that before, but oh man, that would be next level. I could see them doing it actually. I really could see them doing it, but only for like a really, really special device. Like if they did a an anniversary oh. edition iPhone or something yeah. like that, you know, they want to go like years down the line, even, you know, 50th anniversary iPhone, you know, I don't know. Right. But something really special. If you had like, like a really trendy like pearl white chat bubble how cool would that be how much cooler would you be than all of your friends right man i could yeah. i could totally see them doing it um <laughs> all right let's talk about the iphone 13 and the mini they both get brighter screens as well peak brightness is 800 nits 
um, and they get a narrower notch. Camera specs largely the same, although allegedly the sensors collect more light and the wide camera gets sensor shift optical image stabilization. Uh, there are computational updates to the camera. This should be applicable to both. So there's a cinematic mode that provides algorithmic rack focusing to smooth uh, to smooth out focus pulls. So if you really are into shooting your your indie doc or whatever, or your uh, your student film on your iPhone, this is going to give you more options for it. And they added a 512 gigabyte tier. Now, for me, the iPhone was not the big announcement. And honestly, that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting from a lot of people. For me, the big one was the iPad mini. It's got a new squared off design like the iPad Air. The volume buttons are located at the top and it gets Apple Pencil support. It gets a power button with a Touch ID sensor. Nice, freaking nice. I believe that's the first time we've seen this from Apple. It gets a slightly detuned A15 chip, and the screen is an 8.3-inch liquid retina display. It gets a USB-C port. Man, the number of people that I see on the Apple side of things that are pushing back against the desire for USB-C support, it bewilders me. It kind of bewilders me. Like, Apple, Apple fans embraced the lightning change, if I recall correctly. I think there was a little bit of pushback, but I think for the most part, they recognize this is an objectively better connector, and lightning really is a lot better than the old 40-pin Apple connector and micro USB. But... What's this hesitation for USB-C? I, I hear a lot of, you know, I already have all these lightning accessories. Okay, that's fair enough. But at some point, it's going to have to change. And USB-C is the obvious successor. If anything, I'd be an Apple fan going, why do I have to carry around two stupid different kinds of cables now for my, for my MacBook and for my iPad and for my freaking iPhone that's still using lightning for some reason? <laughs> I... Yeah, I don't know. I could maybe understand some amount of frustration because in in as far as the port and the jack go goes, I have said this for a long time, USB-C feels like a downgrade from Lightning. That's um, fair. That's fair. USB Obviously no lightning? no no beyond that, but just the the usability of the port and the jack, Lightning feels significantly better. That's um, fair. Like I can understand buying all these like premium Lightning compatible devices and then needing to buy new stuff for USB-C with the experience, maybe not the performance in certain ways, but the experience is like worse. It's just like, ugh. But okay. the experience of USB-C is at least consistent. I carry yeah. one charger in my backpack. And whether I've got my yeah. laptop, my switch, nice. my phone, a tablet, doesn't matter. I can use that exact same charger. That is, that is a great experience. And I love yeah, it. I couldn't true. believe when Nintendo went standard charge, standard USB-C because I was like, "That's fantastic! Wow, I can carry Very normal for them too. One charger and one type of cable. Now this is fantastic." Yeah. Um, now, I, I was super stoked and very surprised when they used some of the same power cables for two generations of consoles. I was like, oh, wow. Thanks, Nintendo. <laughs> you didn't do what you used to do. Now them using standardized connectors is fantastic. The big thing for me, though, about the iPad mini is honestly the price. The fact that this thing comes in at $699. This is what I was alluding to in the title of the video here, guys. Because this is pretty much a gigantic iPhone except it starts at $500. Like, 
that's kind of freaking awesome. Liquid Retina display, super, super bright. A15 Bionic chip. I actually, like, I'm, for the first time in a long time, I'm tempted to grab an iPad. If I didn't have a folding phone, which gives me no reason to own an iPad mini, then this is the, this is the device that I would want to sit. And I just, I have such a hard time giving Amazon the, the money that they ask for, like, Kindle devices. Like, what is the, what's the premium, the premium Kindle go for? Which, to be clear, is still an e-ink display and, like, the it's not really I don't think it's that comparable. Very, very basic, basic CPU. Kindle Oasis currently unavailable. Okay. What does the are you serious? Here's the ad supported version currently unavailable. Oh wow, these things you couldn't get a Kindle even if you wanted to. Uh guys, hit me in the hit me in the chat and let me know what the normal price. Uh, Oasis is 250 bucks. I would I would without hesitation spend another 250 bucks on an iPad that I can also sit and play casual games on or watch movies on or whatever the case may be. Uh, John Wick says there's still really good Kobos that are way better than Kindles. Okay, that's fair enough. On an, on, especially on an OLED, that's a bit of a disappointment. OLED display, I would have been, been happier about on the iPad, but especially on an OLED, I can't think of any reason to go e-ink anymore. Um, Alex Noob says e-ink is way better to read and has weeks of battery. That's it's fair a enough thing though. Like we're, we're comparing, uh, like, especially with that comparison where they're talking about the quality of the screen, we're, we're comparing an, an iPad mini to, uh, a, a very specified device used for reading books. Like these are not, yes. The, what I'm saying is very different things. I have this money and do I want to give Amazon, do I want to buy a $250 premium Kindle that can do nothing but read books? Or would I rather have this iPad for twice as much? In my opinion, the iPad is the no-brainer. Uh, yeah. Your opinion, your opinion, may differ, uh, but I personally do not find that I get a significant amount of eye fatigue from a sufficiently dark screen, and particularly, like I, I will always configure it for white text on a black background. I find that that's a lot more comfortable for me. But again, your mileage may vary. Uh, in other news, the ninth-gen iPad is also here. It's super uninteresting and the apple watch i would just 7. buy both as most people would no wait what no <laughs> so <laughs> sorry keep going and the apple watch series 7 is also here the screen's a bit bigger um the front cover crystal has been strengthened oh uh go through the rest of this because i want to talk about that i'll be right back which means the inclusion of a keyboard apparently there's a whole story about that uh, which is, I'm assuming, what Linus is going to address right now. So I'm going to go keep moving forward. Uh, charging is faster, 33% faster, uh, with a new USB-C charging cable. No new processors, sensors, or enclosure, uh, as was apparently rumored ahead of time. Uh, the price is also the same as the Series 6, as $399. Um, and that is across the lineup. The Series 3 starts at $199. It is delayed until sometime this fall. Um, so still coming. There's apparently a new swipe capable keyboard that's led to a lawsuit by an app developer whose app they just ripped off. Yikes. Yeah, this um, is pretty, this is pretty brutal. Apparently Apple blocked the app from the app store mm -hmm. just before implementing this new feature. This is known as Sherlocking. Yeah, we, we had some concerns uh, with a partner that we were 
looking into working with with Floatplane uh, about Sherlocking very, very recently. But um, this is known as Sherlocking, a reference to Apple's Sherlock 3 search tool in early Mac OS X, which integrated all the features of a competing app, Watson. Uh, it's worth noting that in both cases, the functionality was claimed to be a natural development, uh, and this lawsuit in particular begs to differ. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly speaking, if Apple didn't get, if Apple didn't get sued over, okay, do you remember back in the early days of smartphones when pretty much everything was an app? Like your flashlight. 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 The the flashlight, I think, is the easiest example. That's the easiest example of something that used to be an app, and I'm sure you could pay for a flashlight app at some point. And the argument could be made that Apple and Google, you know, pulled the rug out from under these these innovators and stole their lunch um, and used their their closed platform to to shut them down. But the big difference here is that it when the App Store. when Apple and Google, yeah, when Apple and Google integrated flashlight functionality into the 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 shade or into the what is it called control center on the iphone um i mean they weren't called that back when these things were integrated it doesn't matter the point is when they integrated that feature neither of them to my knowledge went and ripped flashlight apps off of the play store or the app store oh wow there's also something to be said for like when 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 companies bring up concerns about sherlocking it's especially when they're they're talking about something that they might develop and they're talking to the platform about it. Um, a big concern comes into the potential very deep overall investment, especially to the point of being able to crush the company that would go into developing this app just to potentially have it taken by the platform and implemented because the platform's app is almost all, not technically always, but it's almost always going to win, especially because it's usually free. Yeah. Um, so with something like a flashlight app, um, I hate to dig on flashlight app developers from 15 years ago, but it's not exactly sophisticated. You turn the camera light on when the button's pressed, and then you turn the camera light off when the button is pressed again. Um, a lot of Sherlocking concerns go into like really deep and heavy investment into things and then just having it be copied or stolen. Um, and And... This Sherlocking term is is used very specifically in software, but we've seen a very similar type of activity from from to throw another company under the bus, Amazon with Amazon Basics, where yeah. they'll find they'll find very publicly they they advertise this information like, wow, this is the top selling product in this category. Yeah, isn't that fantastic? What if Amazon sold something that's almost identical and probably cheaper and gets free shipping naturally and all this kind of stuff? Ha ha ha! And then they take that top selling spot over. Um, it's, it's very similar activity. It's the platform using its own platform to make sure that its feature wins. Um, and it, it can be very predatory, but I don't think it always necessarily is. There's some basic features like flashlight that I think they were just destined to do themselves. Um, and it's better this way anyways, because I'm very happy that turning on my flashlight doesn't serve me an ad anymore. Yeah. (laughs) No kidding. I was stupid. Now your ad can just be built into your operating system. True. (laughs) (laughs) You can just have them all the time, but hey, you get a free flashlight. Oh, 
So I guess uh, this is great. Uh, You can totally tell that this was prepped by Jonathan Horst because his discussion question for it is, are you going to want to upgrade anything? The answer is maybe. As you guys have observed over the last couple of years almost, I guess, it's definitely been over a year, I have been rocking an Apple Watch Series 5 for quite some time now. So this is my Apple Watch Series 5, and uh, as you probably noticed when I held it up there, my screen is cracked! (laughs) So, could a good upgrade for me be a Series 7? Well, you're going to still wear it to badminton? (laughs) Possibly. Yeah, so that's what happened, is I I followed through on a smash and whipped the end of the racket. Fortunately, the racket survived, because it's actually, no, I think the watch is worth more than the racket and all rats well it doesn't matter the point is at least one of them survived and it whacked the side and then the funny thing is i actually did it again like two weeks later and cracked it again and after that second one enough of the glass has kind of chipped away that i don't think it's really waterproof anymore the point is it doesn't charge or turn on anymore so it yeah seems to be dead But it lasted me well, telling me the time whenever I needed to know it. I didn't have it paired to an iPhone at any point. Um, I didn't really really need to to do that. Maybe this is a sign. Maybe this is a sign that it's time for me to try start trying out some smartwatches and see if I can find one that is not horrible to use. Jake swears by the Galaxy Watch. I was going to say doubt it, but okay, there's a contender. Sounds good. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I'm. That's I, one of the issues with the iPad. It's like the main thing that you brought up as a competition is an e-reader, and it's like oof. <laughs> like, main, what else are you gonna get? <laughs> no, the main competition for the iPad is your old Sorry, iPad. Just, oh yeah. <laughs> they've been making. I mean, they've been making iPads. When did the iPad launch? Uh, iPad oh, launch. Uh, it worked in Geek Squad when it launched. That was actually a crazy day. Yeah, iPad launched over ten years ago. And the reality of it is anything once they went retina display, so anything made within the last like eight or nine years, other than Apple not updating the operating system and obsoleting it that way, and then the apps you need to use not working on it anymore, other than that, what about your iPad doesn't still do exactly what you need it to do? Yeah, that's uh, yep. that's tough. Like when my grandparents was, uh, That was a conversation iPad. we brought up earlier, right? Like COVID, like COVID video calls. I didn't even begin to consider a brand new one. I picked up a refurb one off Amazon that was a few generations old for a few hundred dollars. It's like this is the most this is the most obvious move ever. Why why on earth would I buy a brand new one? I can't think of any good reason. Yeah. Other than that, the new iPad Mini does does look pretty cool. But that's like that's it's it's too enthusiast for the kind. The only reason I would buy an iPad is to buy it for someone who's not techie. Uh, not said the battery, but like you could, you can just plug it in if they're if they're buying this specifically for video calls. Um, yeah, yeah. It, they're probably not going to be like astronomically long, and no. you could just get a cable, and it's going to be okay. And they're not on at all hours of the day. Exactly. Speaking yeah. of being on all hours of the day, you know how I have OLEDed my life. Have I talked about that on the WAN show at yes. all? Okay, so my whole life is OLED now. I'm using an Aorus F whatever it is, uh, 48-inch gaming monitor at home. I am running an LG GX, or G10, G10, excuse me, a G10 77-inch in my living room. And at work, I'm using a C10, 
Is it C10 or C1? Can't remember. It's one of the it's one of LG's C series TVs, the 48 inch. Okay. My display at work because I typically work with uh, I have that. Uh, actually, do you even need the thing? No, you don't. Uh, there's you don't need a power toy for it unless I've also installed it at home. So I typically manage my windows with in four quadrants. So I'll have my Microsoft Teams up here. I'll have uh, my browser that usually has Trello open up here. I'll usually have my sheet uh, or something I'm cross-referencing, like my sheet of video ideas over here, and then I'll have like my email over here. Oops, over here, and then I'll have my email over here. So I've got this this routine. Well, if there's anything that OLEDs don't like. It's routine, mostly static content for hours and hours a day. And even though I've only been using it for, I don't know, one to two months as a desktop display, I already have very, very noticeable like lines down the middle vertically and then across the middle horizontally. Oh man, I need my AC to turn on. There we go. Um, so what I'm kind of wondering is, ladies and gentlemen, should we make should we turn that into a video? You know, talk about okay after after this period of time, and I'll have to check and see exactly how long I've been using it. After this period of time, what are my experiences like using a TV as a monitor? I because think absolutely. There's a lot of things that I hadn't really considered when I recommended that display as a monitor. Uh, for example. Um, actually, you know, man, I should start, I should start writing some of these things down because this, <laughs> just, this is all just start forming the script. <laughs> yeah, this is all, this is all content. You guys are, you guys are watching the process right now. So it's quite typical for me to send an email to myself. So OLED experience, you know, I want to talk about, um, you know, what it's like to not be able to have any desktop icons, you know, no, no wallpaper. Like I'm, I'm a no, I'm a no wallpaper man now. I'm just uh, hiding the taskbar, hiding the taskbar sucks, and not because there's anything wrong with just moving your mouse down, but because window management tends to be really annoying when you have the taskbar hidden. Either a window will go all the way down, and the bottom of it will be hidden behind the taskbar, or sometimes they'll bug out and they'll get stuck above the taskbar, and then the taskbar will go down, and then you've, you've got a gap. More often than not, though, the problem is apps that go all the way down, and then they'll have buttons. In fact, right now, I have... Yep, okay, check this out. I'm going to display... Um, hmm, I have my email up. Hold on a second. Let me just make sure this is safe. I want to be really good and sure that I'm not leaking anything here. Uh, okay, I'll see you later. That. Uh, okay, yep, yeah, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I hope I'm good. Okay, here we go. So here I am. I'm making up a little script for myself. So let's go all the way down to the bottom of my display. Where, look at this. There is a button right here. See that? And it is covered by my taskbar, which, wait, watch this doesn't auto hide right now because sometimes just he no auto hide that's it he just he just stay there and we can easily we can easily verify my taskbar settings automatically hide the taskbar uh y'all yeah, little bit okay you're gonna hide now buddy you're gonna hide now what do you think no 
Okay. Okay. He no he no want he don't want to auto hide. So what am I supposed to do about that? And it's obviously not a problem if you don't hide the taskbar, but I would strongly recommend that if you're using an OLED display that you hide the taskbar. So it's just something that you're kind of kind of stuck with. I'm so glad that it happened to bug out live because that's something I can actually integrate into the video now. Uh, it doesn't work sometimes. Stuff hides behind it. Um, burn in. Uh, oh man, the auto dimming and brightening. Now apparently there's a way to go into the like the service menu on those LG TVs and you can actually adjust that. You can tell it, okay, never auto brighten or never auto dim. But otherwise, anytime you load up uh, full screen content that is that is all white, for example, it will it will drastically dim the display, and that's for both power management as well as to protect the panel. But what can be even more annoying than that, because that honestly doesn't bother me. Usually, I would actually prefer it to be dimmer. What bothers me more is when you have a really small part of the screen that's white, it can end up being a searing white, even when you are not using HDR, just because uh, the entire panel will go, oh, okay, we've got lots of power. Here we go, boys, let's juice it up. So getting that tuned is um, is something you can do, but it doesn't change the, the jarring experience of it, kind of turning up, turning down, turning up, turning down. And both the monitor, the Aorus monitor that I'm using at home and the LG TV that I have at work are kind of problematic. Now, neither of them are problematic enough that I'm anywhere near swapping them out for a conventional display. But the burn-in is a big problem. I've been gaming a little bit more lately, and I've noticed that in the, <laughs> behind my crosshair, um, I'll have this larger, <laughs> this larger <laughs> crosshair all the way all the way along the display and it's it's if not that's the best. accurate that could that could maybe happen uh help with no scoping oh yeah thanks for that luke that that's you're what i want a, you're getting a gaming advantage i want to destroy a a, a several yeah. thousand dollar couple thousand dollar display just so nice. that i can have a, a baked you look like a pro crosshair yeah thank, thank you for Sick. that Awesome. They're absolutely terrible, atrocious. Speaking of something else to to thank someone for, Dan, I had a way better segue earlier, but it's been too long. Sponsors? Thanks to FreshBooks for sponsoring today's show. FreshBooks is an invoicing and accounting solution that's built for owners and their clients. They state that the average user saves 46 hours a month, gets paid 18 days faster, and increases their ROI by 11 times. These are huge pluses for freelancers and small business owners who don't have time to waste on invoicing, accounting, and payment processing. Over 3,000 business owners have rated it an average of 4.5 out of 5 stars on GetApp. It's super easy to get running, and with award-winning support, you're never alone. So try FreshBooks for free for 30 days with no credit card required. Just go to freshbooks.com WAN and enter WAN in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Again, that's freshbooks.com WAN and enter WAN in the How Did You Hear About Us section. What are we going to talk about next, Luke? Apparently, uh, some some people mentioned that your your taskbar isn't hiding because of notifications. Because of notifications, well, it's yeah. hiding right now, and I have notifications. I have eleven notifications. Are they are they new notifications? They are. It's I moused over it. It says eleven new notifications. Hmm. What do you want from me? I don't know. That's all I had. All right. Got him. Yeah. 
Okay, moving on. Why don't we talk about the new TV I'm going to buy? Yes. Oh, wait, you're just doing it? Like, this isn't even a... LG's new 325-inch 8K TV takes up the whole wall. They should totally call it that. Samsung's going to have the wall, and LG's going to have the whole wall. And costs $1.7 million. $1.7 million. Okay, this is an awful Photoshop. Like... What 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 where what are these shadows coming from, right? What are we looking at here? I have no idea. And these people, they, look at the look at them relative to the couch. They're not. This is not a picture. This is very obviously. Yeah, it's it's awful. It's awful. But you know the shadows are. What do you mean? Where are the shadows coming from? I mean, where are the shadows coming from? Here, Luke. Where is where is this shadow coming from? I, I can't see. Oh, I think I get it. I think the shadow is coming from back here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. It's okay, coming okay, in okay. through the windows that are behind the terribly photoshopped in people. <laughs> I mean, it's still terribly photoshopped. It is. All yeah. Right. But the shadows are. Yeah. The, all yeah, right. All right. Yeah, but the, okay. But the plant here, the plant here has a shadow that goes this way. So no, no, no. It's still bad. It's still bad. It's just not bad uh, in exactly the way that I thought it was bad. This yeah. thing looks freaking crazy. So this is their new lineup of Direct View LED or DV LED Extreme Home Cinema sets. And they are going full bore. Like Samsung only has, what, they have their uh, professional and then they have their high-end consumer, like their luxury one. LG, man, they're calling these all home cinema. They have four different sizes of 1080p, or excuse me, 2K. So I don't know, I don't really know what they mean by that. I don't know if they mean 2048 by 1080, or if they mean 1920 by 1080, hard to say. But 81 inch, 108, 136, 163, and 215 inch. All of those are 1080. Then they've got 163, 217, 271, and 325 inch 4K displays, and the Chungus. The 8K 325 inch. These things are bananas. Uh, peak brightness is, okay, viewing angles first up to 190. No, sorry. What is this? Oh, wow. No, okay. So they have, uh, they have ultra wide or like, or sorry, extra ultra wide. I don't know what you would call this, but this looks like a 16 by 9, 32 by 9 aspect ratio right here. 4K displays at challenge convention. Okay, where's, where's the bloody specs of this thing? Wait, what? Download catalog. Okay, I clearly haven't I clearly haven't prepared this topic, so you're gonna have to give me a minute here. I just was I just wanted to marvel at it with you guys. <laughs> Where's our brightness here? The knit brightness refers to oh wow, they just have a whole like glossary of terms before they actually start check telling out, you check out the flyer. Anything check about out the flyer. it. Oh yeah, oh well, I've got we've got all the info. LG's got like a whole whole sales sheet here. So the hundred and thirty six inch uh for a, sorry, 2K, I guess I'll call no, 1080p, full HD. I'm going to call it full HD, 800 nits peak. So that's not that crazy, even compared to an OLED. That's, that's not crazy bright. The dual one does 1,200 nits, though. The 108-inch does 1,200 nits. Then the 196-inch, which is the two 1080p's side by side, does 1,200 nits. Man, for gaming, that would be sick. I am amazed they don't just have a game running here. Who would have all this different content that they're watching at the same time? That's Yeah, I loved that. That was like, 
That's my favorite part of the picture. I know, I know the like horrible photoshopping is is hilarious, but all these scenes that are just, ugh. especially the hockey one being so unrealistic is just so funny. Where's the hockey one? The, uh, on the eight K magnificent. Sorry, I can't. Okay, see I'll make. I'll wait. I'll make my way down point. there. I'll make my way down there. So around twelve hundred nits. Holy crap! The hundred and sixty three inch sucks back. 4,000 watts and weighs 556 pounds. Wow. Hoo-wee, boys. That is unreal. Each pixel is about one millimeter by one millimeter. So these are fairly gigantic pixels. You're going to want to be pretty far back from a 4K 163-inch display. Here's the here's the 8K one with the uh, hockey thing that Luke was talking about. So this Just one looks... manages 1,200 nits peak brightness. <clears throat> it's IP20. Like it's what is this? It's it's water resistant. <laughs> I gotta double check what IP20 means. It weighs 2,200 pounds and consumes 16,000 watts peak. Luke, 16,000 watts. That's awesome. That's what is going cool. on? What is life very even? Nice. Hold on a second. 16,560, okay? So divided by 115, that is 144 amps. <laughs> Assuming that it was on like a North American 115 volt circuit. That is literally larger than the electrical service that is provisioned to my house right now. That does my range, my air conditioning, my car charger, all my lights, all my computers. Uh, by the what? way, did you say it was IP20? I did. So I looked up IP20. IP20 rating means the product is touch proof and will be resistant ah. to dust or other objects that okay. are over 12 millimeters in size. It's not water resistant oh my god it has no protection whatsoever against liquids and will be susceptible to damage if it comes in contact with sprays or water oh my god the display comes in a flight case flight case yeah <laughs> while some may say they're overkill lg believes they make perfect sense okay <laughs> unflipping real <laughs> Man, it no really more is... searching to make sure you received every box. <laughs> it really is too bad I spent all of my giant TV money on framework stock because way better. You think you think it was a better move? You think it was a better yeah. move? Dude, ah, I just keep watching more content about the laptop and I just want it more, but I'm too cheap, so I'm not going to buy it until my blade dies. Well, that that should be soon enough. <laughs> it's a yeah. matter of time. I mean, it's it's lived this long because I rarely use it. But... It's when, not if, at this point. Does yeah. anyone have any pricing for the in-between sizes? Because I don't actually see any of that information on LG's website. They've got all this amazing, you know, here's all these reasons you should want it, but no actual way to buy it. Uh, this is interesting. Just like Samsung's uh, The Wall... There's a separate controller box, so it runs WebOS. Wait, clicking on that just takes you back to the top of the page? Can you imagine, can you imagine, Luke, designing a page for a $1.7 million product that has a broken link on it? 
<laughs> like, how embarrassing is that? Everything I can try to Google, like I have SKUs for every single one of them. Um, oh yeah, I can't find pricing based off the SKUs. Here, the flyer, the flyer is a way more saying. information dense version. I told but you I... to look at the flyer. <laughs> oh my god, this is hilarious! Now I heard this. I heard this from an installer who works with a lot of these um, micro LED and direct view LED panels. That apparently dead panels are just a fact of life. And the installers are constantly going back to these things to replace defective panels. That was actually one of the big reasons that I just pieced on the whole idea, even aside from the money. Uh, get this. LG includes 5% spare modules in the box. So you're going to be ready to go, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to be ready to go with spare modules, spare boards and parts. All of the direct view LED panels and the 4K LG controller. No problem. Also, tr uh, on-site training prior to installation with an LG field engineer. What? So they don't... Oh, wow. My understanding is Samsung only does this through approved installers. But I guess LG is just like, no, go for it, dog. We'll train you. A field engineer will train you. Oh, be ready with in-person support from LG. Okay, no, no, the in-person support from LG. Okay. Five years extended care warranty is included with optional white glove replacement. And here you go. Here's, here's the specs. So max brightness, this may be, this is probably different from peak brightness. It is worth noting that these don't even have exactly the same types of LED packages. So we've got surface mount diodes. Most of them appear to be SMD. But then what are these what are these C COB ones? I have not actually seen that term before. What is a COB COB LED? Chip on board. Chip on board. Okay. So what is the last one? Because there there's a there's another one. Shoot, I accidentally closed the closed the thing. What's the last one called? Do you still have it? IMD. IMD. Okay. What's an IMD? IMD LED and uh, IMD technology. Integrated. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Load this page. Okay. According to waveandco.com, it is integrated packaging, integrated matrix devices. Fascinating. Man, this is such a weird launch. Imagine people in slow plane chat are saying that the chip on board ones are like huge and super spaced apart. Got it, got it, got it. So basically, you're choosing between optimal brightness versus optimal density because the chip on board ones don't appear to go as bright. Uh, oh, for whatever reason, I do not have that window again. Um, like it'd be kind of bad for both. The the links open in the same tab. So. What's interesting is that the actual size of the or the pitch of the pixels, so the size of the individual pixels, appears to be similar between the different technologies, at least on some of the SKUs. But the brightness is different. So I, SMD surface mount appears to get the lowest peak brightness, except where it doesn't. 
Except where it gets the highest. Yeah, yeah. so confusing. It's all over the place. Yeah. There's two SMD ones. So this is just ultimately... Uh... It's got to be a major pricing difference, but I can't find pricing for almost any of this. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. This is the kind of thing, if you have to ask, you can't afford it. So what's the point of even True. listing it? There's, did you see the like total care health checks and stuff like that? No. What are the health so, checks? It comes with three years of LG total care health checks, which means twice per year, um, someone will show up for on-site display health checks. Wow. That's pretty good. And you will also get priority on any RMA services. I, I think that's technically unrelated to the uh, health checks, but if they noticed any problems during the health check, I'm sure it would apply. So they are they're just owning that these things are going to fail and they're going to fail hard. And they're just like, yeah, but we'll take care of it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I think that the answer is projector. Uh, I got some, I got some good advice from, uh, oh man, what's, uh, well, at first reflect on Twitter. Uh, Rob, Rob hit me with some fantastic advice. Uh, JVC, has some new stuff that is just out now. The NZ9 is, it does 4K 120 with frame-by-frame dynamic tone mapping for HDR, has HDR 10 plus support, no Dolby Vision, but it is expected. Genuine 4K res DILA panels that can shift four times per frame for full 8K res to your eye. 3000 lumens only, but this is going to be a light-controlled room. Um, He's like, yeah, you could go GTZ 380, which is that Sony 10,000 nit laser projector, but he figures this is much more appropriate, both in terms of physical size and noise levels for the kind of room that we're going to be in and the kind of screen size that we're going to have. So I think I'm just going to, at the very least, explore that option. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try one more time to go projector and see if I absolutely hate it. And hopefully by the time I give up on it, I will be able to go direct view LED of some sort and ditch it. But as long as it's as long as it's modules, Luke, I just man, I don't know if I could handle seeing seams on my hundred thousand plus just... dollar TV. And the the whenever like okay, so there, there's there's a bit of a dichotomy, right? Because we wanted to see failure rate when we were looking at manufacturing on those tours that we went on. Yep. Cool, 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 whatever. But when there's brands that are like, yep, we'll send a person out twice a year and you get priority RMA as an advertising thing mainstayed in the very middle of the page, that's a concern. That, like, that seems consistent about all of these like module TVs. I, they sound like they fail like crazy. The pixels are spaced really far apart. Brightness seems to be a bit of an issue, even yeah. though it's direct view. Um, and there's seams between the modules, and just it's really expensive. It takes a bajillion watts of power. Yeah. Like, just, I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't appear to make uh, a lot of sense. Uh, no. Gondomar <laughs> asks Hey, Linus, why don't you put the projector in another room, like at a movie theater? Because at the very high end of what I have left to spend, I really did spend my projector budget on framework stonks. Um, why, because at the very high end of what I have to spend, I'm still looking at a JVC. I'm not looking at a Christie, okay? I don't have a hundred grand to spend on a projector. 
and I actually don't know where they're 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 super cool man it's cool technology right they've got the main projection unit outside of the room and then an optical link to a head unit so it's completely silent in the theater room that is sick uh oh Alex the noob says went to a Sony Onyx LED cinema Sony on what is Onyx LED is that what they call Cletus now I had this? I had I had a shower thought the other day. Yeah. I don't remember when this was, but I was thinking oh, about Samsung. You and your, they said your... Sa- it's Samsung. I think the the our poster was a little bit confused. Okay, go ahead. I was thinking about you and your TV problem, um, <laughs> and this this isn't a good this isn't a good solution because there's travel involved, unfortunately. Oof. But I was thinking at some of the costs, like like Barrington just posted in the Floatplane chat. Let me scroll up and see if I can find it. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, CNET says the third uh, 325 inches, $1.7 million. I At that, that point, just anytime you want to watch something, just rent out a theater. <laughs> it would probably genuinely be significantly cheaper. The problem is you have to get yourself there, but like legitimately you'd probably save money yeah. by just renting out a theater every time you want to watch something. This is like, like the conversation that we had a little while ago about how um, my wife and I actually considered um, buying the uh, the waterfront property right next door to my parents' cabin. Yeah. Um, and you guys, you guys saw that property in the in the long range Wi Fi video that we did quite recently. It's beautiful. Okay. There's a reason that it's cheap. To be clear, my parents are not mega ballers. They're both lifetime teachers. Like they don't yeah. make a they don't make a ton of money. Uh, they've done well on their real estate investments, like pretty much every baby boomer did here in Vancouver. But other than that, they're they're not they're not crazy loaded or anything. Don't don't get me wrong. Um, we grew up very humbly with five kids on two teacher salaries. That's not a ton extra to go around. No. Um, so so, but they do have that waterfront property. The reason that it was affordable is because it's completely off grid and inaccessible there is no there's no bridge there's no ferry even you have to have your own boat and you have to have your own mooring in order to get over there now they did manage to find reasonable mooring and that's how they're making it work but when Yvonne and I were considering buying the place next to it we we added up all the numbers right cost of property cost of building something cost of well building something like we would want to go to so we would need you know great internet connection so similar to the the beam setup that we have across the water for my parents but we'd want to set it up somewhere where we can get like really ball in service um we'd want to have some kind of like you know maintenance we wouldn't want to maintain it so we're looking at it going yeah we'd have to probably pay for this thing to be maintained on a very regular or at least somewhat regular basis uh we added up what it would cost in terms of just uh, property taxes over the years that we would own it, mooring fees over the years that we would own it, just all the things, cost, 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 all the costs that uh, we would have to incur in order to own it for 25 years was what we added up. And we went, we looked at that number and we went, we could basically, we had just come back from this super nice Airbnb in Grand Forks that had everything. It had a fantastic theater room. It had Every tabletop game you can imagine, foosball, pool, like full-size pool table, freaking enormous uh, surface. It had like horseshoes in the backyard. They had ATVs that you could just borrow and go rip around in, just as included in your Airbnb. And it was like, 
I forget how much it was a night, but it was super reasonable. It was like staying at a decent hotel in Vancouver. And we were looking at that going, how many of those vacations yeah. could yeah. we go on? And the answer was literally hundreds. Like we could spend two to three months a year on Airbnbs and still be out ahead. And so we're thinking, realistically, how often are we going to be at this vacation property? Now, if you want to run it as an Airbnb, that's one thing. Yeah. But an Airbnb that is on the other side of a body of water that you don't have easy access to, you'd end up ferrying people back and forth from it. I have a job. I don't need that's, another job. That's your solution, dude. What's my you just, solution? You nailed it. Just a super premium, like one theater theater. A one theater theater? Sorry, what? So what I mean by that, you know, you know how like Colossus like you call the building oh. a theater, but then there's like a million theaters inside the theater. You so are instead actually of, instead a of genius. Like, instead of like 40 screens, you just have one and you just make it like amazing. And then like on the launch of the new Avengers were fighting oh all the gods God. this time version, the tickets are just like baller. But like, it's just the best experience. That is actually an amazing idea. Because you were, you were just saying, like, okay, it can make sense if we make it an Airbnb. Well, there, you do it. You have the theater whenever the heck you want. And then you Airbnb do showings for other people. Theater. And people can just, like, rent it for the day. Sure. Hang out, watch movies, play video games. You might be a genius. <laughs> I mean, to be I clear, I already, I already thought you were a genius. I already thought you were a genius. I've never been given any reason not to believe you're a genius. Come I think you've break. probably been given a few. <laughs> a gimmick in the floatplane chat says, the theater two blocks from my house, small town California, is one screen and it's actually awesome. Uh, Rod's like, where do I book? Because that would be amazing. Honestly, going to the theater is not that great. I would rather watch a movie on my 77-inch OLED at home. And quite frankly, you don't have to go that high-end to get a better movie-watching experience at home than you would at the theater. Like, Vizio has super affordable, gigantic freaking TVs that would give you no reason to sit and look at the dimly lit screen and deal with other people making noise or having their phones out or whatever else. I'm totally a watch-a-movie-in-private kind of person. And so... Doing this, right? So having it be this this Airbnb where the, the screen is one of these direct view LED screens. Like it's ballin' AF. I could totally see people just spending thousand dollars like wicked sound system. Yeah, like a thousand dollars a night for whether it's like a, a stag party or like graduation party. I could see people renting it just every night. Uh Oh, yeah. Blue Mode's talking about Swimly. You know about people renting out their pools, right? I've heard about that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's already yeah. totally a thing. This is, this is amazing. Uh, Sierra says, this is such a galaxy brain idea. 100%. And you could just, I mean, you could even do it relatively affordably, right? So you, you blow a bunch of money on the display, 100%. But you can get really good sound for not that much if you have a ton of channels and you're in a relatively relatively small room. Because I don't imagine that you would have 100 people in there. 
I'm imagining yeah. a more intimate experience. And instead of like movie seats, like theater seats, you've got like multiple um, crap. What are the ones called that have the sectionals? Like you've got sectionals and bean bags, and at the back you've got like an area where the lights can be on, and you've got like some tables where people can sit and eat and drink and play board games or whatever. Ever else, you just have like this this setup. Oh man. Yep. If you, especially if you had like kind of almost, I, I feel like a, a still sort of a form of lobby, but like a place that has tables, maybe tall tables that you stand at or something. I think it would be used for a lot of um, like like film pre screenings and showings and and stuff like that too. Yeah. Um. So uh, is no good. Sixty three says a friend started a similar service with two rooms, max eight people. Bring your own booze and catered food, uh, and booked that way. But ran out of funds. TX to the big C. I don't know what that means. TX to the. Oh, thanks to the big C. Thanks to COVID. Yep. Okay. Uh... There you go. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. I think that's a pretty cool idea. Anyway, long story short, good thing I didn't buy a Samsung The Wall because now there's more options. Now competition is coming. Maybe the prices will come down. We'll see how it goes. Now, something that I never addressed on the WAN show, and this is mostly talking to our Floatplane peeps, is that we have removed early access from Floatplane. It is no longer a selling point. I have removed references to it from our page over on Floatplane. But, um, and we didn't, we didn't communicate well about it. Um, some people are not upset at all. Uh, some people were pretty upset and I just wanted to take some time here to apologize. We, we've been behind for like six months. It hasn't been one, e one week early access, probably over six months. And we just haven't been able to get caught up. We've been short staffed or we've been behind for other reasons. And it's been very, very, very challenging. We have so many channels that we're running um and we have not communicated well about the change and now we're kind of coming out of nowhere and saying okay yeah forget it we're never going to get caught up um that was not the right way to handle it so i just wanted to say, to say sorry guys and we are committing to making sure that you guys are getting exclusives and behind the scenes um madison is responsible for making sure you guys get at least one exclusive a week so this week she pranked me putting a bunch of crap in my office thank you very much madison um, we also are putting cutting room floor footage. So in the last, uh, in the last week or so, we've gotten some outtakes from the beaming internet across the ocean behind the scenes, Madison pranking me. We've got, um, a little experiment that we were running, uh, trying HDR on the bioluminescent gaming PC. So we're going to do an HDR grade that Floatplane members will be able to download and watch if they have an HDR-capable device. We don't; Our player is not HDR-capable yet, but we can just put a file for download. So that's something that we're going to try and do once in a while when we have a video that really merits it. So we're trying to find ways to make it up to you guys. But you know, thank you very much for your support, and sorry that we didn't handle it better, but we're, we're still going to try and make it, make it right, to you, right by you guys. Um, other WAN show agenda items. I mean, man, I guess, boy, we are already over time. Holy smokes. Is there anything else that we said that we would cover? Oh, oh, we didn't talk about LTTstore.com. LTTstore.com. We now have dun, 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 mystery water bottles. What water bottle is it? I don't know. It's a mystery. They are $10 cheaper than our regular 21-ounce bottles. And the only difference is that you 
um, don't pay $10 and you don't get to pick your color. Because long story short, we are clearing out our Gen 1 21 ounce water bottles and we were bringing in a Gen 2 bottle. Don't hesitate to order a Gen 1 bottle though. The only difference is going to be the graphic. Uh, it's not going to have a big Linus Tech Tips down the side. So if you actually like that, then now's the time to freaking order. Uh, it's going to be a more up-to-date motherboard graphic printed on it. And there's going to be a small LTT logo on kind of where the CMOS battery is on the graphic. And they will come with the new lids. So that's the main difference. So it is still cheaper to get a Mystery 21 ounce and a lid because they are $5 off when you buy them with a water bottle. So that is the way to go if you guys want to get one of these while they last. Can't kill it yet. Headphones. Oh, I am. Everyone's been asking about headphones. I am trying them out. I uh, Mastrop sent over their HD8XX. So these are a Mastrop tuned version of the legendary Sennheiser HD800s. I don't have a proper amp hooked up yet. I have a Magni 2 behind me. Apparently, we don't have any headphone amps at the office. I checked with the logistics guys. They're like, no, everything's deployed. I'm like, oh, well, okay then. So I'll either have to order something. If you guys have any recommendations, uh, maybe drop them in the float plane chat. The other chats move too fast. Uh, so go ahead and drop them in the float plane chat. Oh, Laddie asks, is it intentional that you can't get a lid discount with it? No, that is not intentional. Uh, let me send Nick a quick message and I will. we will get that fixed for you. Please lid uh, discount that's, uh... mystery water bottle. Uh, all right. We'll get that fixed for you guys. And sorry, what were you going to say, Luke? I think that might be my department. Oh, is it really? Oh. Uh, well, I didn't know the okay. water bottle was coming. So. Madboy001 says, holy sh**. The quality of the video is so much better than on YouTube. Good job, Luke. Hey, Luke didn't do it. Luke did manage the team that does it though. So big shout out to the float plane crew. Thank you so much, guys. Yay. Uh, Negev says, how do you tune legendary headphones and not make it worse? So my understanding is the extent of it is um pretty much adjusting like the look and the length of the of the headphone cable or something like that. Hold on. I really hope this is announced already. Oh good, it is. This is an active drop. Woo! That was close. Uh, why is my and it's it's nice when when the developers watch the WAN show because <laughs> then I can be like that's on our end and then I just see it post in live chat I'm working on it it's like hey. <laughs> there you go uh, adjusted driver damping to create mid range balance and reveal treble details so basically de Sennheiser veiling ify them. So that's pretty much it. Signature drop color accents, and I think the cable might actually just be the same. Here's the here's the page for it. Uh, I am trying them out so far. Pretty sweet. Sub bass extends to one hertz. Uh, yeah, there's a reason that they're legendary. I think they look absolutely awesome. I don't really understand the signature drop midnight blue accents. Does anything about these look blue to you, Luke? Uh, no, not even slightly. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's blue if you look at it real, real, real close. <laughs> but uh, very comfortable for an extended period of time. I mean, that really is one of the biggest measures. It's one of the reasons that I have stuck with my HD600s for so long 
was I've had a hard time finding anything that's even close to them in terms of comfort. I would say this is a little less comfortable for me so far, but I also haven't given the foam any time to break in and uh, contour to my, my skull. So I'm going to give it a little bit more time before I decide that it's not as comfortable. I think that's pretty much it for the show for today, other than just going through some super chats. What do we uh, got apparently here? Apparently it isn't, it isn't our department. Yes! Um, Victory. Oh, Jonathan Paz says, you should talk about your investment in Framework. A lot of us in the WAN Show chat have asked about it, and even though your awesome video came out recently, many here might not have seen it, or you might have other thoughts to share. Um, so far, I really don't have anything else to add to that video other than, boy, am I ever jazzed for that backpack to come out. Luke, have you seen the backpack? Other than... It in that video no that's the only place person. anyone has seen it um i have seen it up close that is sample number three now uh we have been we have why gone... did you guys go for rigid structure why did we yeah sorry we went for rigid because we wanted it to have um okay a couple things number I'm one sure there's a reason so i'm just yeah. we wanted it to have a lot of cargo capacity so that okay. was one of the reasons. And number two was comfort was step one. Comfort was was first. There are so few backpacks that I have ever put on other than like, you know, real full-blown hiking backpacks that manage to sit right along your back. You know how they'll, there'll just be that gap at the top yeah. unless yeah. you crank it tight and then it'll chafe your neck. Yeah. So step one for for the design team was no neck chafe, and it sits right flush along your back, following the contour of your spine so that the weight rests on your back and doesn't just pull your shoulders back. Um, okay. We found that the rigid design was better for that. We like okay. the look of the rigid design. It's quite a large bag, and it is not going to be cheap. But, man, the build quality is outstanding. The buckles here, like these, these buckles here, are aluminum. And they're like rugged AF. Um, the top strap, you know how the handle is one of the first things to break on a bag? So yeah. I give you my personal Linus Tech Tips guarantee. Your arm will fall off before that handle falls off. The the braided, the the like flat bladed braided strap has three rivets in it on both sides. <laughs> it will not come off. Like every aspect, <laughs> the uh, the zipper pulls are um are cast cast metal poles uh, and they have little carabiners on them it's a really cool feature so you could take your two zippers bring them together carabiner them together and then they won't come out um, that's something that i really like when i have something sticking out of my bag sometimes i'll put a racket in my bag and i'll uh, be riding on my motorcycle to badminton or something like that so if that comes out things can go flying out of my bag uh, it also is just a theft deterrent makes it a little bit harder to open up your bag without you noticing if you've got these uh, clasped things. Um, there's a there's a number there's there's a number of features that are just really cool, really thoughtful. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be somewhere between probably 175 to 200 US dollars, though. It is not going to be cheap. But I, I will that's kind of in line for for like more premium featureful backpacks. I will confidently tell you guys that at $200 you're going to be really happy with it. So I'm 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 pretty excited. 
Um, Jamie Furtado says, I'm building a PC for my girlfriend. Uh, Ryzen 2400G 1660 Super. Is a B450 board good for this? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no reason not to. Uh, I will probably hand down my 3600X later. I'm still, I'm still perfectly happy with B450 for that build. Yep. Uh, Gasty says, Apple CPUs often don't have big performance gains without smaller transistors. A8 was barely better than A7 to the point that the uh, 5S and 6 stopped receiving updates at the same time. Uh, that may not be why Apple decided to do that. Um, and they have... Hmm. Uh, Apple, okay, it's hard to say they don't have big performance gains without smaller transistors because Apple usually does do a full redesign with a die shrink, or excuse me, uh, with a process node shrink. So they, they don't have a TikTok cadence like Intel had for all those years. So you don't, you don't really ever have one without the other. Um, so it's, it's kind of hard to make a statement like that. I can see what you mean. But it's, I don't quite think that it's uh, accurate. Uh, Trevor says, thanks for the warm Lambo hat. Walking around Juneau, Alaska and don't feel cold at all. Hey, heck yeah. Love it. Love it. Man, I think this offseason I'm going to paint my bike. Now that I've decided, I, you know, remember I was going to blow a bunch of money on, a, uh, on an electric motorcycle? And ultimately, I just, I put another grand or something into my bike. Got it all, got new chain, got everything tuned up. Um, I think what I'm going to do, my winter project, is going to be learning how to disassemble it to the point where I can paint it. And then I'm going to get Ed to lend me or probably operate for me. I'll get him to help me. He likes painting stuff, but he has like a really nice sprayer. Did you know that? No, that's cool. Yeah, he does. That's he has sweet. An, like a really nice automotive grade sprayer. He knows that's a awesome. ton about the paint. So I'll, I'll maybe I'll hang out with Ed for a weekend and I want to do it like cool. handy pink. Maybe with some with some uh, some flex, like some metallic flex, and put some green racing stripes on it. If I can't have a Lambo car, <laughs> then I'm gonna go Lambo bike. That's my plan for this winter. That's awesome. Mal asks, any update on the G9 review? The HDR issue mainly affects systems with NVIDIA GPUs. There's a huge subreddit discussing it. Uh, yes, I have added it to our Trello, but the issue is that I want to get our hands on a retail monitor, and it hasn't launched in Canada yet, so it's gonna be a little while. Kyle says, hear me out. Apple's intentionally not upgrading their port and wants to transition their users to induction charging and transferring files through iCloud so that they can just remove it. Yeah, it's almost definitely where they're going with that. Good take. Good take. Nicholas says, your taskbar isn't hiding because of Teams notifications. You have to click Teams to clear the notification. That could be, that could be it. Uh, I thought you meant um, notifications in the bottom right there. So that, that could actually be at bloody Teams. Can teams just stop making my life worse? How about that? What do you think of that? I, yeah. Rushab Shah. I'm a float plane sub, but I can't live without continue video playback from where I left off. I'm not expecting it, but it would be nice to have. Is that something we're capable of doing? We've talked about it in the past. I do think we're capable of doing it. Um, I don't think it's going to like shoot to the front of the queue. Got um, it. But it would be something we would like to do. Yeah. Madison Rollings asks, comments about Lewis Rossman's video about your framework investment, specifically his comments at 1020. Oh, boy. Yeah, some people were suggesting that you, you watch it on the stream. Um, I mean. Maybe this is more of an after-party thing for us to maybe, check out. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Might make a little bit, uh, that might make a little bit more sense. 
Um, yeah, why don't we... I mean, ah, it's the, the Super Chats now, I guess. Yeah, we might we better just look at it, right? So specifically at 1020. So guys, this is without context. I haven't watched the whole video. But let's go ahead and... Let's go ahead and have a look together, shall we? He's, um, you know, again, YouTube channel with 14 million subscribers, and he doesn't give a shit. He's just going to say, this is what I believe in. I'm going to invest in what I believe in. If you don't like that, you can gargle my balls. Well, I guess he's what? not going to say that because he has a PG audience. But you get the idea. I respect what he's doing here. And I think that the real key here is not just this is 200K, although his 200K is most certainly a 200K more than what, what, I, what I put in. What's going to really matter here is when people see what he did that are billionaires or 100 millionaires or even 10 millionaires and decide, you know what, here's 5 million. When they say, here's 500 million on the table, here's 200 million on the table. Because I have spoken with people that have a net worth of a billion dollars before. And it is not just you or I in the YouTube comment section that believe that tech companies are trying to exert too much control over our lives. It is not just people who have net worths in the three to five figures that believe that tech companies are becoming bullies and that they need to have their power checked. It is also people in that 10 million to 100 million all the way up to the billion dollar range who believe that they have a little bit too much control. But the, even at that level, they don't know what to do. They don't know what to put their money into. They don't know what to invest in. And they don't know what is a scam. They are more than happy to throw some money on the table. But they need that sanity check. They need to know that they're not putting their money into a scam. And they need to know that when they're putting their money into something, that they're not the only one putting their money in. Yep. It's a good take. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a very flattering take. Uh, thank you very much, Lewis. We don't see eye to eye on everything as our regular viewers and Lewis's regular viewers will absolutely know. We do respect each other a lot, I think. Um, I speak for myself, and it, his words sounds like he has a lot of respect for me as well. Uh, we're both professionals. Um, and, you know, I think that the way that he expanded on it was something that I probably should have talked about in the video, was that part of the reason for both Framework and for me uh, to do this was to show that it's not crazy and that we believe that this will work. And I acknowledged in the video that there is a very real possibility of me just putting that 220 some odd thousand dollars in a fire. Like it's quite possible that I will lose it all. That's how investments work. But for me, I have the benefit of if it works, I make a bunch of money, which is great. But what I'm showing is that I believe in it. I am willing to put up or shut up. It's that simple. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Um, I actually, in my, in my Uber on the way home today, I got all signed in to all my apps on my framework. I, I have officially transitioned to daily driving it. Uh, shout out to Jake. Jake set it up for me. He installed Windows on it for me. I had meant to do that during the video, but... The shooting schedule is a little tight. And I was like, ah, it doesn't really contribute anything. I should just build it. I'll just build it in the video and um, just talk about the why. Uh, so he, he put Windows on it for me after. It's like, it kills me as a techie to be too busy to Windows up my own machine. But ah, uh, it's okay. At least I have people to help me with it. So, you know, that's, that's good. You know what's been fun, though, is uh, working with Jake on a lot of the new house stuff. 
Uh, he's been instrumental on getting the actual nitty gritty stuff done, but we've been able to do a lot of the actual, you know, putting in wireless access points and testing things. Uh, we've been able to do a lot of that together. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really enjoying that. But yeah, thanks for the kind words, Lewis. Um, and thank you so much to our community, actually. That is something that I should add that I had no way of knowing when I was recording the video. You guys were pretty split when I pitched it to you in the first place. But I think that the, the like-dislike ratio kind of says it all here. 99% of you are in it to win it with me when it comes to framework. I've seen a lot of you saying like, yeah, we're, you know, if I needed a laptop right now, this would be it. Or I do need a laptop and this is it. Or I'm holding out for the Ryzen model, but I'm ready to go. Because if we don't support this, this, I mean, I love the comments on Lewis's video, actually. These are, these are as good as the video itself. Um, framework is insane. You can extract the motherboard of the laptop, put it onto a cardboard box, and it can still work. That is so cool. That is super cool. And I want to live in a future. I mean, it, imagine, imagine this. Imagine being an engineer, okay, for a company like Apple. And it being your job to design the mechanism that makes it so that machine cannot start up unless the chassis is fully sealed. Apple spent actual money making sure that that product will not work unless it is in the exact chassis that they shipped it in. F***ing why? Why? To what, to what end? What is the benefit? Who cares, Apple? Who cares? I just, it's, it's just baffling. It's just baffling to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This is a good take from uh, Arthur over on Lewis's video. Linus came out and not only said he'd invested, but then told everyone how much he put in. He went on to explain why he did it, why the company needs investment, and why he believes in Framework's business model. And even though he didn't want to, he stopped reviewing other laptops to avoid any appearance of conflict. Now, that part I said I, hadn't, I have not committed to. When I'm excited about something, I want to talk about it. So I, I've, I'm still undecided as to whether or not I will talk about other laptops in the future. But he goes on. Make no mistake, Linus is not being altruistic. He believes he will make his money back. I want to believe that. I do. I want this to freaking work. That's what I said in the video. I want a front row seat. I want to be rooting for this even harder. That's what I want. I want it to win. I want you guys to know that I want it to win. Anyway, I'll, An Arthur investment goes on. Is, has, has genuinely nothing to do with altruism. An actual yep. investment has nothing to do with altruism. What it does have to do with is, is belief in a, in a product or an idea. I mean, I bought the product. That was altruistic. They offered to send me one for nothing. And I said, no, I want to buy it. I literally preferred to give them my money rather than take their money. That's that's the only altruistic thing. I genuinely believe that this is something that the entire tech industry should strongly get behind if you want a brighter future for technology. And I know that sounds like really grandiose, but I actually truly believe that like it's i think this is extremely important i think this company is extremely important i hope it sends a trend and i think if i this is this is the point where like i keep on bringing up like i won't buy one because i'm too cheap and i'm not going to get past that line i'm sorry i just won't but 
if I bought something that wasn't this at this point in time, I would be very disappointed in myself. And that's like a weird thing to even say, because I'm talking about buying a product. But in regards to, like Linus was saying, putting my money where my mouth is, I've been talking about wanting this type of stuff literally since the very beginning of me being into technology and it has not really truly existed in this form and now it does and that's fantastic now i mean to be clear the framework laptop is not perfect for everyone and i wouldn't recommend no. it for everyone amd has the better laptop processor right now for certain uses um oh one thing that's really cool uh jake clued me into this even though framework does not have thunderbolt 3 support listed on their website he plugged in a Thunderbolt 3 device and it actually worked. So uh, it has apparently unofficial Thunderbolt support, which I, I did not even know. Uh, so I had I had held on to, I still have my XPS uh, 13 2-in-1 like loaded up with all my stuff and it sits in my office because every once in a while I'll need to make a video or I'll need to do something where I need a Thunderbolt device, uh, whether it's to run a Thunderbolt capture card or I need 10 gig. Uh, I actually ended up, no, we ended up using Jake's MacBook, but I was going to bring it with me to the, uh, to the, um, the, the NAS, the server video that's coming out this weekend that we shot at my house when we were there doing the access points. So I, every once in a while, I, I just need Thunderbolt for something. Uh, but now that I know that the support is, if not coming in the future officially, at least unofficial, That'll probably get me out of most of those situations. So I'm, I'm super jazzed. I can just put the XPS 13 2 and one back in inventory. Um, just the AMD thing and like them having an AMD offering would be great. And I like that you're pushing in that direction. Uh, but... Oh, I have news. Oh. I have news. So yeah, the framework laptop, not perfect for everyone. So don't feel bad if it's not right for you and you need to get something else. Like that, I want to make sure that's really clear. I don't, what I was going to say is I don't think most people are in that category. It, it's going to happen. There's going to be some out there, but I, I don't like, yeah, I don't think most people are there. That's all. Right. But there's hopefully you lots of other, too. lots of other things coming, but I did hear back from AMD since I recorded that video. Um, so I, this is not verbatim, but I heard back from Chris there. Um, uh, da, da, da. I've seen emails uh, going back and forth. Uh, regarding framework internally. So that's good news. Um, and she'll let me know what else she hears. So if nothing else, framework's on the radar now because unless you can get support from AMD in terms of processor allocation, I mean, you could work with an OEM. You could design an AMD laptop. If, you know, you have, all you need is one chip. Yeah, sure, fine, no problem. That prototype a laptop. But if you don't get allocation support from AMD, no OEM is going to take you seriously. Nobody's going to build your nobody's going to build your your design because they're going to know that it's just a waste of time setting up the tooling for it because you're never going to be able to produce in volume. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, Toby says framework succeeding would be a great way to show the average consumer that Apple's model is a fabrication. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right, I think that's pretty much, pretty much it. Hey, thanks, Potato Cannon. Um, thank you very much for tuning in to the WAN Show. We will see you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Um, Bye. Go buy a go buy a thing on LTT Store. Okay, I got to make some yeah. money here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, oh, Nick says, uh, yeah, it's supposed to be working. So apparently, it is your problem, Luke. 
that the five dollar discount's not working? Uh, no, I think he's saying it's supposed to be working because he probably fixed it. Oh, he says it was already there. So, oh. okay, if someone can make sure that's working. People need to go buy water bottles. People need to go buy water bottles. Okay, bye everyone. Bye.